Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. Okay, so I'm trying to convert this into a video show, see if there's a way to make the video version interesting. Of course, if you just prefer the audio version only, go ahead and subscribe to the audio version of the podcast in any podcast directory of your choice. I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere uh, on the audio. Okay, so... On this episode, I want to talk about communication in a relationship. I know I spend a lot of time focusing on the physical intimacy and trying to reignite the physical intimacy uh, because, well, that creates bond and connection. But for women, communication is the lubrication here. And so I want to talk to uh, both men and women on this show to be able to talk about communication and communicating properly. Now, in the past... I've gone through and I've talked about doing a budget in order to be able to increase communication in the relationship because it goes through, forces you to talk about what your household priorities are, what your goals for the future are by where you place your money. You know, how you spend your money determines a lot about your household priorities. But We also need to talk about other forms of communication outside of that and realize that just because you're talking doesn't mean he's understanding. And the whole concept of, well, you've been together for so long, they should just know what is wrong. But they don't know unless you communicate it. And let me try and explain it uh, this way, uh, using an analogy between exercise and weight. All right, so obviously, if you're watching the video version, you can see that I'm a bit on the plus side, right? And what would you conclude based off of that observation, right? You conclude that I probably eat a lot, sit around, and don't do much. I mean, after all, that is the general consensus. You take a look at someone who is overweight, and you just assume they overeat and are not very active, But that's not actually the case. I, of course, you know, try to engage in diet and exercise, you know, eating salads, fruits, trying to cut down on carbs uh, to eat uh, more proteins. Um, I go through and I go for a walk uh, in the mornings. You know, that's one of the first things that I do to help keep up my energy levels and my focus is I go out and I go for about a one or two mile walk. You know, I've spent a lot of time on treadmills. You know, I use, you know, the Fitbits app to try and track what I'm eating, what the nutrients are of that. I consume uh, just water and coffee as pretty much my only liquids. You know, I don't even drink milk, uh, maybe pop once a month uh, as a reward. And then I've spent endless hours on treadmills, exercise bikes, and I still use an Xbox 360 with Kinect for the fitness games that are supposed to provide personal trainers. Now, if we were to go by what we observe is the problem, you know, me being on the plus side, you would think that those solutions, eating less, eating healthier, and exercising more, would solve the problem. That's the general observation. And take a look at that in your own relationship. Someone goes off and they observe a problem and they think, okay, this must be the solution. But if they're observing the result and they don't know what the cause of the problem is, then their response to that is going to be wrong. 
So, for instance, there's a lot of things that can cause weight gain no matter how much you diet and exercise. Like, for instance, if you say, I'm going to engage in a 1,700-calorie-a-day uh, diet, okay, along with all the exercise, but if you consume all the calories in one meal a day, your body does adjust to that and go, okay, this is the only meal I'm getting. I must reserve, I must pack, I must save for going on versus eating little bits frequently throughout the day where your body's going, okay, there's going to be more and more coming. But even then, that might not be the actual problem. There could be hormone imbalances. Uh, there could be an issue uh, with thyroid, uh, insulin resistance. You know, there's all these issues. And if you're not addressing the underlying problem, then the solution you are implementing or the response that you are trying to go forward with is the wrong response because it's based off of you getting what you believe the problem is wrong. And if you're not communicating what the issues are in your relationship, your partner is just going to try and go off of observation and go, okay, this is what makes sense to me as to what the problem is. And then their response is going to be wrong, which does what? It makes the problems in your relationship even worse because now you feel like they're not paying attention. They're, you know, they just totally don't get you when in reality is they are paying attention. They just don't know what the problem is. They can't figure out what the root cause is. And let's face it, when something is going wrong in our lives, we tend to act out in secondary and third uh, tier uh, emotions that obfuscate and disguise what the true cause is. I mean, if someone's angry at something, you know, or expresses anger towards something, are they really angry at that? Or are they just taking it out on that one thing because they are unable to deal with the real underlying issue. You kind of get my point. Now, there's a lot of analogies that can be made between this and government. Why a lot of big governments often fail is because they're focused on, you know, the symptom and not the cause. You know, they're not actually getting to the root cause of the problem, right? They're just trying to put a Band-Aid on top of the symptom and, you know, go, there you go, right? But, you know, this isn't a, a political show. You know, this is trying to make sure I provide you the ability to, well, have help in your relationship, you know, to improve your relationship, to get out of the stale and doldrum of the daily routine. So what you need to do here is the person who is experiencing the problem needs to actually understand first themselves what the problem is. And then you need to communicate that clearly. Now, I know that a lot of times you don't want to talk about it. You're, you want to try and avoid it. But the more you try to avoid the issue and avoid talking about the issue, the harder it is to actually confront the issue, address it, and find out the real problem. So, for instance, you know, I could take a look at my situation and go, okay, I don't know what is the cause. Is it because of insulin resistance? Is it because of a thyroid issue? Is it because of imbalanced hormones? I don't know. I need to find that out. And now if I go to a regular family doctor, what are they going to do? Well, I already know what they're going to do. They're just going to recommend eat less, exercise more. They don't actually take the time 
to diagnose the problem, and maybe they might try and push some sort of prescription medication. However, I can go to another person, it's not covered by insurance and it would cost a lot more, that will actually go through detailed testing in order to find out what the root cause is. Was it the thyroid, hormones, insulin, you know, whatever the issue is. And then they can go through and give me the exact problem that I need to address in order to get my goal. Now, I only recently found out uh, about such a person, so I've put together a savings plan to be able to afford to go there. So when a diet and exercise didn't work, I initially thought, okay, it must be an insulin issue. So I started taking supplements in order to address insulin, but that hasn't resulted in any net change. So I can go through uh, the process of elimination and go through, okay, let me address this issue. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, now let me try and go through and address this issue. That didn't work. And you can go through the process of elimination and your spouse, if they realize that there is something, you know, going on, you know, that has you angry, has you upset, you know, has you, you know, depressed or whatever, and you're not communicating it with them, they're going to go through the process of elimination. They're going to try this action, see what the results are. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to go through and do this action. But the problem is, if you leave them to have to try and figure it out themselves, and they have to go through the process of elimination, they're going through that process of elimination could cause additional problems for you to become upset. And so one issue turns into two, three, four, five different issues. The problem has only gotten worse. The situation has only gotten worse. Whereas if you just go through and communicate clearly what the problem is. Now, it's okay for you to go off and say, hey, I'm not ready to talk about it quite yet because you still haven't realized what the underlying problem is. You need some time to self-reflect what is going on and maybe get to the heart of what's really bothering you. But once you figure that out, then you need to clearly and concisely communicate that so that they don't go through the process of elimination and make things worse, but they understand, okay, here is the actual real problem. Now here's what I can do to fix it, you know, to cheer you up, to, you know, validate your emotions, to just be there for you. And another thing, ladies, you need to communicate with your man. When you're coming to them with a problem, are you just looking for somebody to just listen and validate the emotion and comfort you? Or are you looking for someone or for him to try and help you fix the problem? Because men are naturally about problem solving. If someone comes to us with a problem, we just immediately think they want us to help them implement a solution, to find and implement the solution. So you got to make sure that you communicate that and you communicate that well. And you know what? Just because you are talking doesn't necessarily mean you are communicating. You have to first make sure you grab his attention. All right? You know, he might be at the table sitting with you, but he may be, you know, processing something that happened throughout the day and trying to figure out, okay, this is what happened. What can I, 
get as what the underlying problem is and what is the solution and what is the first, second, and third order effect of that solution, you know, before I present it uh, to my boss, right? And you could be talking and you could be thinking that you're communicating and he's not hearing a thing because he's already in his head trying to figure out or problem solve another issue and he's doing that while he's eating. Guys, to guys, multitasking is thinking and eating at the same time. All right, so you first need to grab his attention, or he may just be clearing his mind. You know, you take a look at, you know, the idea of meditation, mindfulness, and all of that. Well, guys, we can do that pretty easily. We can go to the spot in our mind that's called the empty box, where it's devoid of any thought and to which we lack any perception of anything going on around us. You know, when we're in our empty box, our ears are pretty much turned off. I mean, that's kind of one of the amazing things, at least in my case, is I have the ability to pretty much turn on and off my ears by going uh, to my empty box and clearing my mind, which if you think about it, clearing your mind and just breathing or clearing your mind, you know, of all thoughts and just, you know, being there is actually good for mental health. I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about meditation, you know, uh, breathing, you know, just rest, relax, clear your mind, and it's good. Well, guys can do that, but we become, well, unaware of our surroundings. You know, we stop hearing things. We're not really seeing anything. We could be staring off into the distance and see absolutely nothing. So you got to go through and grab our attention. And then start communicating the problem. You know, whether you can snap your finger and, you know, to snap him out of it or wave your hand, you know, in front of his eyes or whatever, especially if he's watching TV. Because, again, all he hears is the TV, nothing around you. So you got to first start with some sort of attention getter standing in front of the TV. But, you know, be courteous about that. You know, if it's in the middle of the sports game, uh, wait until commercial. If he's watching an actual show, you know, maybe let him finish watching that particular episode of whatever he's watching while you collect your thoughts and organize your thoughts to be able to clearly communicate to him what it is that's bothering you, all right? But you can go through and you can, you know, get his attention before you start talking. Just starting talking. All right. And communication. Remember, communication is what the listener does. All right. So you can be speaking all you want, but you may not be communicating. Again, if this was a political show, I could go off about how politicians talk endlessly and say next to nothing. They're not really communicating much. But in reality, communication is something the listener does. If the person's not listening or paying attention, then there is no communication going on. And how easy it is for them to pay attention depends on how well you organize in your thoughts in a way in which they can understand. Now, if you want to work on communication, There are plenty of exercises that forces you and your spouse to work on your communication skills. Now, I've covered endlessly how doing a budget together 
does help focus communication, help set household priorities, and gets you talking. But that's not the only exercise that gets you talking and communicating again in your relationship. You really want to do something that will help uh, increase communication? Build something together. That's right. Ladies, you know, go out there, buy a piece of furniture that you got to assemble and assemble it together. Now, just like a budget, when you first start doing this, oh, it's going to cause some arguments in the relationship. It's going to cause some fights. Right. But, you know, you can go off and get things from Ikea, you know, things for you. You can buy uh, some things for him, you know, uh, an entertainment center. Maybe you need to update the entertainment center because after years of having kids, that entertainment center is in piss poor condition and you want to update it. Buy a new entertainment center, one that you got to assemble. Now, if your communication skills are kind of lacking, Maybe you start off with simple furniture at first, but as you go through, get to things that are more complicated, have more steps, and requires greater communication, and you will start learning how to communicate in the way in which the person understands, because if you get, you know, two people working on something, you know, especially assembling something uh, that they have purchased, you know, furniture-wise or Maybe, you know, air hockey table for the kids or, you know, some kid's toy, like some three-story bat cave. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> you know, I, me and my wife, uh, we've had a lot of arguments over the years putting stuff together. But what's interesting is the last thing that we put together, which was getting a new entertainment center, there was no fight. There was no argument. We have work together on so many things, putting so many things together that we now understand how to communicate to each other, you know, the steps, how to problem solve together. But it wasn't like that. It took a lot of uh, furniture and toys needing to be assembled for us to get there. You know, and you'll realize that one of you, you know, maybe the guy, uh, gets something and pulls out the instruction, and all they do is they look at the pictures. And then they can just assemble things just by looking at the pictures. The other person, maybe they need to read the instructions, read each part of each step, line for line. And then only after they read do they kind of look at the picture for maybe a visual cue and try to assemble. So one of you is trying to rush it, you know, just looking at the pictures and the other person wants to slow it down because they need that additional reading in order to understand, you know, and make sure that you have each piece, you know, uh, facing the right direction and all of that. Now, guys, we'll go through, we'll start assembling something. And if it's wrong, we'll take it apart and reassemble it in a different way. Sometimes we're trying to rush too much throughout communication that we're not paying as much attention as we should. And for some of you, you are going so slow that something that should only take about an hour to do takes an entire day. But that's okay. You know, it's going to be frustrating putting this together. But as time goes on and you practice communication through assembling furniture and toys and all of that together... You start to understand how each other communicates. You know what to expect going into it. 
And then you'll find that you get to the point where your communication skills are great, that you're able to go through and assemble something without a single argument. You're able to do it, you know, faster than what you were able to in the past. And it becomes just a fun bonding experience with no arguments. You know, you got to focus on these things, budgets, you know, assembling furniture and toys for the kids to focus on working on the communication. And the better the communication is in your relationship, well, the better the relationship is overall. You know, extreme levels of communication tend to be the hallmark of great relationships where people are greatly in love, you know, and very happy. And it also seems to be, you know, guys, maybe you need to listen to this, but extreme levels of communication with your wife, your fiance, your girlfriend, whatever it is, tends to increase or have higher levels of sexual activity in the relationship. Because the more you're communicating with her, the more she is emotionally bonding to you, feels loved and appreciated, and develops sexual desires, you know, increases sexual desires. Whereas ladies, if you want a guy to increase communication with you, you need to start engaging in higher levels of sexual activity with him. You know, men and women bond um, differently. You know, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. One of you needs to go first. One of you, uh, if you're the woman and the relationship and you realize that you need to take the first step, you would start not by trying to vastly increase the level of communication in the relationship, but you would start by trying to increase the level of sexual activity in the relationship. And men, if you are the ones who are thinking, I want to, you know, take that step to start improving the relationship. You know, I just think, you know, we could get more out of the relationship, bond more, have a happier life, you know, happy wife, happy life. You know, then if you're taking the first step, you your first step would be increasing levels of communication in the relationship. Yes, men and women are different. Our brains form differently. It's what the thickness of the colossum callosum uh, in the brain you know, um, that, you know, determines the level of communication between the right and the left side of the brain. And then, of course, you know, bonding. I mean, there's a whole lot of things and there's a lot of differences between men and women. You know, evolutionary, biological. That doesn't make either side, you know, men or women inferior or superior. You know, you can be different and equal. You know, opposites attract. The main point here in a relationship is that opposites attract. You know, what is it? Somebody said that if both of you are exactly alike, one of you is unnecessary. You know, each of you have your own strengths and weaknesses. And the reason why opposites attract is each of you is filling in with your strengths for the other person's weaknesses. You understand that? Okay. So, Hopefully that helps you out, and I've been pretty crystal clear about all of this so far. Now, just because you're talking, again, doesn't mean you're communicating. Some people talk with absolutely no point to the conversation whatsoever, 
just because they love the sound of their own voice. You know, I mean, there's jokes about this uh, regarding people who are older. You know, um, you know, and I think, I think as I go through the editing, I'm going to throw in some clips from an old show I used to enjoy a lot growing up. Watched it all the time with my father. And it provides some comedy into these subjects. I'll definitely insert that into the audio version. I'll have to figure out, you know, copyright issues for the video version, you know, and how YouTube will take it. But, you know, if all you do is just talk, talk, talk endlessly with absolutely no point, you know, then, you know, you're not really communicating. And really, you're just boring the other person to death and they're tuning you out. For instance, if you want to have an hour-long conversation about how people on your sh- are parking uh, cars on the streets, you know, your neighbors are parking this way, they're too close to the curb, they're not close enough to the curb, you know, they're facing the wrong direction, why do they back up uh, into the driveway so they can just drive out versus drive into the driveway and back out? I mean, if you're just going on and on about nothing just to hear the sound of your own voice... You're probably not communicating anything. And in that case, silence is golden. Because here's what I want to point out. Talking endlessly just to hear the sound of your own voice is going to cause the person to tune out. And then if you all of a sudden say something that actually is important, a thought, you know, something that you wanted to do, you know, take a trip or a vacation Or you just, you know, you're talking about a bunch of random gibberish and then all of a sudden you talk about a problem that you are having. Well, that person has already tuned you out, you know, because they realize that you're just jabbering on just to hear the sound of your own voice. You know, if you're comparing game shows past and present and the person has and your partner has absolutely no interest in game shows, Wheel of Fortune versus Deal or No Deal. Okay. You know, if you're going on that, now I'm going to the extreme absurds as I'm going through and trying to, you know, provide examples. But, I mean, you kind of get the point. And then, you know, you'll come back, you know, maybe later as you do the sandwich, a bunch of gibberish nonsense, say something that actually matters, and then go back to gibberish nonsense. He had tuned out or your partner had tuned out the entire conversation because it's not just ladies out there that want to go off and, you know, just talk, talk, talk endlessly to just to hear the sound of their own voice. There are a lot of men who do that because they've ran out of things to say. They don't do a whole lot anymore. Just work, come home, eat, watch a little bit of TV, sleep. That's it. And so they don't really have a whole lot to talk about, but they feel like you know, every so often they need need to talk just to talk, you know, that they're just going to jabber on about a bunch of meaningless nonsense, you know, because, you know, they just know, okay, my wife wants to talk about something. So how about uh, Wheel of Fortune versus Deal or No Deal? You know, here are my thoughts. You know, <laughs> you know, the women, are you really interested in that conversation? But he may be feeling the pressure to just talk about anything not just to hear the sound of his own voice, but just to, you know, make you feel like, you know, there's still levels of communication uh, in the relationship. He wants you to feel loved, but he doesn't, but he doesn't have anything to say. So he's just going to talk on uh, endlessly, you know, same thing, you know, uh, for some women, 
you know, you really want to talk just to have the communication, but you have nothing to talk about. You know, that can happen when life becomes a daily routine of just same thing, different day. Groundhog's Day, if you remember that movie. You know, but then you throw in something important, you know, or something meaningful in the middle of, you know, uh, of what is otherwise just random gibberish. And your partner wasn't paying attention. And then you come back later and you go, well, why didn't you do this? Or, hey, you know, we discussed this and your partner is drawing a complete blank because they didn't hear it. Either because you didn't uh, grab their attention before you started talking, as I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, or because they, you know, even though you got their attention when you first started talking, you were just rambling on a bunch about a bunch of, you know, nonsense, and they started tuning out, realizing that there's nothing important going on, you know, and then you then you come back and go, well, you never listened to me, or we discussed this, you know, you just have the worst memory ever. Of course, my favorite is the person that's talking while they leave the room and they walk all the way over to the other side of the house still talking and expect that you are still hearing everything that they say. All right. And of course, you know, as far as endless conversations go, if you have kids, it is easy, easy for the conversations in your relationship to be all about the kids because your life centers all 100% around work and kids, work and kids. And then you try to recap things that went on that you were both there for and already know about. You know, just re-talking about what you just did. Now, of course, okay, that can be beneficial in some ways. You know, if you're trying to work out, you know, here's something that we did, here's what went right, here's what went wrong, and, and all of that. But if you're just recapping the day just because you feel like you want to talk to increase communication, and the other person was there and knows everything that happened, you, you kind of get the point. And so maybe, um, you know, if you're having problems finding something to talk about in order to increase communication, First, start taking some time to brainstorm new things for you to do. And then you can talk and plan out when, where, and how you're going to do those new things. And I'm not talking sexually. I'm talking about, you know, let's say, you know, something new to you. You've never gone camping. You know, you didn't go camping growing up. You, you know, have never gone camping with your friends as an adult. You know, and now, you know, you are in the doldrum of, you know, adulthood, raising a family and all that, and you've never gone camping. Well, maybe camping is something new that you, and a new experience that you can add to the relationship, you know, as you figure out how to do it for the first time. And it's a family activity, family bonding for you and the kids, you know, to sit around, talk, go for walks and nature, you know, uh, swim in the lake together, just getting outside and having fun. And you can experience new ways of cooking over a campfire. Now, some of you may cheat and want to bring out a camper. I say if you go camping, do it the right way with a tent, and your only means of cooking is a campfire. If you must bring some type of camper, bring the smallest camper you can find only for the benefit 
of the fridge, you know, in order, you know, so that you can cook eggs in the morning, you know, unless you're like me, you know, I'll go through as far as eggs, you know, uh, and breakfast uh, in the morning, you know, um, I will actually pretty much, you know, emergency food supplies, you know, rations, I'll go out and get freeze dried uh, breakfast skillets, scrambled eggs, where really all you have to do in the morning, because I am very foggy in the morning, I am not a morning person whatsoever. And so all you have to do is get some uh, water boiling, put that in there, you know, don't overfill it, you know, to the point where it's soupy, you know, just make sure you fill it to the point and then just let it, you know, sit there with the boiling water and rehydrate and you can have food there. But if you don't want to go uh, to that, you want to have actual fresh eggs, okay, then maybe you find a way to have some type of uh, refrigeration unit there, you know, um, and then the, to keep your meats and your eggs cold. Now, later on, I'll probably tr- make a quick trip to the store just before lunch and supper to get meat and fresh vegetables to cook at the campsite. You know, because I don't bring uh, refrigeration. Okay? Yes, I get it. So, but maybe by going camping, you know, with zero electronics, your phones are off, no tablets, no TVs, all you have to do is communicate with each other and do activities together. You know, and start a campfire the old-fashioned way. Try to go as basic and as primitive as possible. You know, that is something new, and you can talk it out, and you're going to talk out how you're going to go about it. You know, now maybe your refrigeration is just a cooler with a bunch of ice that you fill up um, daily, you know, or, you know, you fill up, uh, you know, in the morning or afternoon, you know, for whatever products you get when you refill up on ice. I mean, I don't know. You know, you got to make that decision yourself. But plan that out. Do the trip. Find some. Find a campground that has a lot of activities for you to do. A lot of trails to walk. You know, maybe a little playground uh, for the kids and a nice lake to swim in. Right. That is something new that you can do to add new experiences that will increase communication. Of course, yes, it could increase little arguments and fights if you got a big tent and you don't know how to put a tent up. Right. Anything you do, any activity that is designed to help increase communication will always start off by with, by increasing arguments in the relationship. But it's by doing that that you get to do more things and a variety of things without the arguments. And that is great because one of the things that will hinder people from doing new things and adding in something that breaks up the routine is that they're afraid of the fights. Yeah, I would like to do this, but this would just be an argument. So you can do these things to increase communication and deepen your relationship. And these are great things for you to do. You know, they are just, yeah, I I don't know how best uh, to say it. I may not have the best words uh, to say it, but I mean, I use these examples, but maybe these examples aren't necessarily for you. I just hope to spark some ideas that you can use for the betterment and improvement of your relationship. 
Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think about the video format of the show. Uh, for you audio listeners, I may, uh, I'll try to remember to put a link to the YouTube channel uh, for the show. Let me know what you think. You know, if you like it, of course, hit subscribe, which is just really nothing more than saying follow. It doesn't cost you anything. Leave me ratings and reviews on the audio version of the podcast. Leave likes and comments on YouTube. Uh, share this around. Let other people uh, discover this. And hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much. And I will be back again soon.